welcome in everyone to the latest episode of the podcast. I am Nathan Marzian, joined as always by my good friend Brandon Eckel. And Brandon, we have lots to talk about. Um, it is late January in the NBA season, so naturally there's there's trade deadline stuff being talked about, the season's ramping up, all-star stuff. But no, we are talking about the firing of the Bucks head coach in the middle of the season. Yeah. Adrian Griffin gone after 43 games, a 30 and 13 record. Um, it's just shocking, dude. I could not believe it when I saw the news. Like I, people had talked about it. People had complained about you know they should fire Griffin. And I was always like, they're not going to fire the dude in this for in his first year halfway through the season. Like I just did not see it as a possibility. Even if it wasn't going well, I'm like they're going to let him have this season. He's gonna if he loses in the playoffs, then sure they'll move on from him. But I did not see them moving uh, moving away from him in the middle of the year, but they did. What were your thoughts? How shocked were you? Just give me your, um, you know, initial take on the thing. Yeah, I was shocked. Same. I mean, well, I know we were texting right away because it was like you said it. We'd all talked about how he had just he didn't look like he was ready to be a head coach, or at least I thought, you know, and I think we, you know, you and I agreed. Um, and like you said, didn't expect it to happen during the season, first season. I didn't think they had the guts to do it kind of, but to me, it's, it actually is like more exciting because it shows how serious they are about like this team championship aspirations. Um, and they know that, you know, having a coach in there makes a difference. And obviously I know we're going to get to talking about doc and how we feel about that. But, um, you know, obviously that's a big step from somebody who's never been a head coach and whatever was going on, was working players already seemed like they were, kind of weren't bought in anymore, you know, after four or five months. Um, so yeah, I was, I was very shocked that they actually did it, but it was something that needed to happen. I think. Yeah. The vibes were definitely not the best. I mean, I didn't think they were terrible. Like, like you found out that, okay, it was way worse than you <clears> thought. <throat> and the guys were kind of out on him and clearly they didn't like him if they were willing to move on from him halfway through the season. But mm. I, I mean, again, I just, you know, that day, that morning, if you had asked me, like, how do you feel? I would have been like, you know, I, I think they can turn this around. I think that there's a chance they can get this thing headed in the right direction. They need to make a trade. But I was not like, oh, my God, this team is doomed unless they 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 fire the coach. And um, so yeah, it was just it was completely shocking. And, you know, I never I never was like, oh, my God, I think Griffin's a great coach or anything. He clearly had his struggles. He clearly did seem a little bit in over his head. But I was holding out some hope. And again, this was mainly because I didn't think there was any chance they were going to fire the guy. So I'm like, you might as well just be a little bit positive, hold out some hope that maybe they can turn this around. If they don't, they don't, then you'll fire him. But, um, you know, I was holding out some hope and no, they, I mean, they pulled the plug. And like you said, it does show their level of commitment and their standard that like, they are not afraid to, you know, just change things at the drop of a hat mm -hmm. to make sure that they are doing everything they can to win the title right now. Um, which is what you have to do. You know, this is how you have to treat a team like this. When you have these star players, when you have a guy like Giannis in his prime, you can't afford to be, you know, if you, if they looked at it and said, we think Doc Rivers would be a better coach for this team. Like there's no sense waiting and, and, you know, taking the time to like see and, and make sure it's like, no, if you, if you really believe it and, and the guys aren't in on it, you got to go make that change. And they did. Um, so yeah, I mean, pretty remarkable. I want to ask you about, and I know we disagree on this a little bit, um, the whole Giannis, the Giannis aspect of this whole thing. Mm -hmm. So obviously Giannis was 
probably the primary reason why they ended up hiring Adrian Griffin. I'm, I, you know, I, I would assume that that's the case. But how does this make you feel about you know letting Giannis make some not make some decisions? Because again, I don't think he made the decision. I think that, and I, I mean, I don't remember if we agree on this or not. But in my opinion, they had a few guys at the end of the line that they had kind of agreed to as an organization, and then they went to Giannis and said, which you know. Giannis met with the guys or Giannis talked to some guys and they were like, which of these guys do you like? Which don't you like? And at that point, I think Giannis kind of gave his two cents, said, I don't like Nick Nurse. I do like Griffin, blah, blah, blah. And that was kind of the deciding factor for them. I don't think this was just Giannis overriding everyone else and them going against their entire beliefs to say, no, we're just going to listen to Giannis. But um, they obviously you know, asked him about it. He gave his two cents and they ended up hiring a coach as a result of that. Does this make you change your, you know, process of doing ty these types of things? Uh, you know, are they, do you, would you hmm. not be considering Giannis's opinion as much? Or do you think, like, in my opinion, the only thing they did wrong was have Griffin in that final three. They, they clearly, you know, they, they got him to the final three. Yeah. That was a yeah. mistake because he was not ready to be a head coach for this Milwaukee Bucks team. Like that's a mistake to have him in your final three when he's in the final three. And you have Giannis meet with these guys and then ask Giannis's opinion. You know, you're giving that, you're just giving the chance for Giannis to pick this guy. And they basically made the wrong call on him from the beginning. I, I, I don't really blame Giannis for, you know, having an opinion and having a guy he likes and a guy he doesn't like. I don't necessarily blame them for, you know, believe or going with Giannis's choice because you have to listen to your star player. I'm just the the problem was that they liked Griffin enough to have him in their final three, and that's my take on it. But I think you have yeah. a little bit of a different take because I know you're you're a little bit more like against the whole player picking the coach type of thing. Yeah, I, it's a tough situation because you know the one thing where I totally agree with you, and I know when we were you know kind of talking back and forth, some of it came off differently. But at the end of the day, it's it's Giannis, and he's going to have an input. And now you know we saw his quote today that you sent you know to us you know, when he, he's talking about like, Oh, I just go out there and play. Like, it's not up to me. That's the part where I just, I have issues with him saying that. And I know this wasn't just him decision. It's, it's hard for me to like believe one side or the other when he's saying that, but then it's like, Oh, I don't want nurse as a coach. If you really don't care, then why do you have such a strong opinion? However, I say that he might just not like him as a person. And he might be like, nah, I, I don't, he's not somebody I want to play for. And you know what? I think you have to kind of take that and say, this is the guy that brought us the championship, changed our franchise. He's our cornerstone and we have to listen to him. But I actually like your point a lot that we hadn't talked about before of, you know, they shouldn't have had Griffin in the final three, probably in the first place. And that was my gripe with him was why do we have a first time coach, you know, as somebody that a leading front runner to get the job, you know, Nick nurse, they talked to Kenny Atkinson, James Borrego um, from Charlotte um, you know, multiple other guys, I don't know, maybe Nick McMillan and obviously even there, they talked about doc back in the summer too. So it's, it's just one of those things where, like you said, you kind of put it there and you know, if Giannis gets kind of buddy, buddy, and not just Giannis, Giannis, Chris front office gets buddy, buddy with him. And they kind of like, yeah, you know, he's a first time coach. He could bring something new. I like this. I like this. Like next thing you know, boom, he's, he's the, the leader in the clubhouse to get the job. So I do think you have to value the opinion. I think you have to hear him out, but I I also don't like the whole, you know, if if we're going to say we're going based on what the player said, fine, but then let's be honest. Let's not say, oh, I don't care who we play for, this and that. And it, I'm sure 
Chris would have said the same thing, I'm sure. Brooke would have said the same thing, but obviously they do care, especially giving up on a coach four or five months in. But also to your point when we talked, you know, I'd rather have them say, hey, you know what? We made a mistake. We made the wrong call. We had the wrong feeling on this guy. He's not ready to be a coach, and they moved on. That takes guts. It's a tough decision to make, and I'm glad they did it. Um, but, you know, obviously looking back, you just wish that it would have been different going into this season. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I just think, I don't think there's a problem with, you know, if not, if Giannis is, as I said, I don't think there's a problem if Giannis isn't like nurse, but I think that, yeah, you've got to have two at that point. If, if you're in your final three, you've got to have to have two really reliable, good backups mm-hmm. that you're like, okay, if Giannis picks one of these guys, we're still really good with him. And again, that they might've thought that about Griff, but if that's the case, they were obviously wrong. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's like the, the backup should have been a, a better, more proven guy. And, and then you'd be in a better spot, but it's like, they kind of, um, you know, again, they just, they made a mistake having this guy that far into their, into their pool. Um, but yeah, I mean, he, it, again, it's, it's a credit to Horace. I know again, they made a mistake hiring him to begin with. So I guess we're crediting him for fixing his own mistake, but yeah, that is something you can credit him for. You know, there are a lot of GMs that would be, you know, too, um, they'd have too much pride and too much, you know, they, they just would not be able to admit their mistake and just kind of bite the bullet. Like, John Horst did, and he's done this, um, you know, several times throughout his his tenure here, and it's something that has made him a really good GM is the the aggressiveness, not being complacent, being able to admit your mistakes, being able to move on from guys, um, and, and not get ever just comfortable. And it's one of the things I got this team a title, you know, trading for Drew Holiday, and then you know they trade for Damian Lillard, they make the PJ Tucker move, they like all the stuff they've done where they just were not comfortable being just good not comfortable being in a in a pretty good spot it was like no we want to get better we want to do this we want to do that um we want to we want to take the next step and the next step that's a credit to john horse because again there's been so many times where they could have just remained comfortable and said you know we're good we don't need to shake things up too much but they they have and um credit to him let's talk a little bit about doc rivers now so Griffin gets fired and immediately it comes out that, you know, Rivers is kind of the the top guy to replace him. And mm-hmm. um, my initial thought is like, come on, this is, this is, you know, not ideal. Cause you're basically going back to a bud like coach and look, I, Bud's a good, Bud's a good coach. I think in general, or, or at least at a base level, like doc rivers is an okay coach, but the entire reason you got rid of bud, was because he didn't get it done in the playoffs. He wasn't a playoff coach. He was an 82 game coach, not a 16 game coach. And if you're talking about guys that are not playoff coaches, Doc Rivers is at the top of that list based on his last, you know, mm-hmm. 10 to 12 years um, as a coach in the in this league. So, you know, my initial thought is just like, man, like we are going back to the guy that is, you know, the exact reason, like 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 the his 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 weaknesses are the exact reason we fired. Mike Budenholzer to begin with. And now we're going back to a guy just like that. So my initial thought was, I don't like it. Then you read about the stuff that he's kind of been secretly, um, you know, a, a consultant in this whole thing. And, and he's kind of been with the team a little bit or, or working with guys a little bit. Um, you know, so there's some of that that makes you say, okay, maybe, maybe he's of the candidates out there. He's probably the best. That's the other thing is you take a step back and say, well, who else was really available? You know, it sounded like Kenny Atkinson might have been available. If that was the case, I'd rather have him. But I mean, um, I'm not going to say he's that much better. And 
there, there just there wasn't that many guys that you're like, that's the guy. Go get him. Um, and so you're kind of left saying, okay, well, Doc is experienced. He does provide some stability. He's going to run the pick and roll more often. We're probably going to mm-hmm. be smoother on offense, a little bit better on defense in the regular season. Really, the big thing is you're just like, I, I just don't trust him come playoff time. I don't think he's going to make the right adjustments. I don't think he's, a, a another again, a playoff coach. But, I mean, again, I've had a couple days to think on it, and it's like I have convinced myself. As again, we kind of have to do. We we both talked about this. We're like, we kind of have no choice but to convince ourselves that this could work. Because if you if you fully believe this is not going to work, well, then just don't even watch the games. Because what's the point? You gotta sometimes you gotta just convince yourself and be a little bit delusional. And so, <laughs> you know, I'm thinking about it the last couple of days, and I'm like, this is the best superstar he's ever had. This is the best or the most functional team he's had in probably um 15 years, and, and yeah. basically since he won the title. Yeah. Um, he's going to bring us stability. He's going to bring us experience. And it's like, maybe he can make this work. You know, the, the guys he choked with in the playoffs before weren't exactly superstar. I mean, so they were superstars, but they weren't exactly the most clutch, you know, best playoff performing players. Kawhi is the only exception, but that whole year, like Kawhi and Paul George kind of had injury stuff too, that in the bubble, like that, and it was the bubble too. So that kind of threw things off. Um, yeah. Other than that, it's been, Embiid, Harden, CP3, Blake Griffin. Like, this is not a list of of known playoff performers. So it might not all be Doc's fault. And I'm not going to sit here and say none of it's his fault and that he's completely immune to all this and, oh, you know, he's a great playoff coach. No. But there's there's a path to this being, okay, get him some better players, get him some – playoff players you know we got now we have three guys in our starting lineup that have won a title recently and are proven in the playoffs plus Damian Lillard so it's like you give him that team and I think there's probably a better chance that they're able to close a series up 3-2 than they did when they had Harden and Embiid or when he had CP3 and Griffin you know it, it just feels like okay these are guys you can trust a little bit more so that could change things but give me your thoughts on Doc Rivers um, when, when you first heard the news that he was a candidate and then, you know, after looking at things for a couple of days, pretty much, you know, all the same, but going back to summer, when we heard, you know, I was, I was really against it because of, you know, how we talked about, you know, choking in the playoffs and stuff like that. And I, I just hadn't been a big doc fan. And also part of that was probably him coaching the Sixers the last few years and, you know, not like in the Sixers, but, you know, as, as you were saying, as we were talking about, like, you know, some of his best teams were CP3, Blake Griffin, and DeAndre Jordan as a big three. Like, you know, you look back and yeah, Blake Griffin put up good stats, but, you know, he was a guy that scored around the rim, dunked a lot. You know, he was kind of like a Aaron Gordon on steroids in a way kind of type player, you know, a little bit better. Um, CP3 hasn't won a shit, you know, chip. And then DeAndre Jordan, who's kind of just a, you know, six foot guy and, um, and in. You know, and then his his Sixer team, you know, the whole Ben Simmons saga, Harden coming in, you know, Harden folding in the playoffs, Embiid not being good in the playoffs. So it's like he hasn't had good guys. He hasn't had closers, clutch guys, whatever you want to say. And I think that's the one difference, too, with our team is, you know, especially with how good our starting unit has been. And I really trust it. And I know we've talked about that quite a bit. Um, I think that's that can be the difference, too, with him as the coach, especially as I think in a lot of games where, like, we didn't look good or we lost whatever. Like we just got outplayed, you know, and part of that I think was because of coaching and schemes 
but there's a lot of times where, you know, at the end of games, we actually, you know, can either close out or capitalize or make a little run because we have guys that can close out these games. So I, you know, I think it's, it's different because now he has guys that are, you know, a few proven winners and a guy like Dame, that's, you know, a fourth quarter guy. So it's, it's a different realm for him. Yeah. Yep. For sure. And I would say as far as, um, you know, like looking back on Griffin, I don't want to, I don't want to sound like, you know, I, I don't want to be too completely critical of him as, as a guy, like he, he was a good dude. He was, I want to give some, a little bit of respect to him. Cause it's like, he, he was a nice dude. Obviously he was someone who came in and it seemed like when things were going wrong, he was at least trying to fix them, trying to work with the players, trying to listen to the, like those guys, he just was in a situation that he was not ready for. And yeah, yeah. It's like, I can't, I mean, I can't necessarily blame him for that. Like he didn't hire himself. It's, it's like he, um, you know, again, they had that moment at the beginning of the year where they went back to, they wanted to go back to the draft coverage and he listened to the guys did that. They had the moment reported on at the beginning of the year where they were, you know, guys were frustrated and he kind of met with Dame Giannis and Brooke and Chris and was like, okay, what do you guys want? What do you, what do you need? Like, let's, let's talk through this. Again, I think he handled things very well. I think he did everything he could. Again, he just was not ready for this and ultimately was not able to pull the right strings, was not able to um, make the right decisions, do the right things to be a successful coach. And again, I think they just recognized that, said, hey, we got to move on. It's not the right fit. But if, you know, and that's the other thing is it, some people have commented about it. His original team that he was supposed to coach was not this team. You know, they... They were supposed to have Drew Holiday. They were not supposed to have Damian Lillard. I don't think the expectation level should have been expected to be different. Like I don't. Yeah. There was there was reports coming out that they weren't expecting to be a contender, and that's why they were comfortable hiring a, a rookie head coach. <laughs> that makes no sense to me. Like that was reported on by like Chris Haynes, and I'm like, that makes no sense to me. That sounds like to me that's just excuses as to why it didn't work out. Um, but it's like. This was always going to be a contending team, but I will give him the slack of, you know, his defense probably would have worked better if it had Drew Holiday instead of Damian Lillard, um, the, the aggressive type of defense and stuff like that. And so, you know, all of a sudden you get Dame and it's just not quite fitting and it's not the right scheme and it's not the right, you know, fit, which again, isn't necessarily his fault. So um, I don't know. It, I, I don't want to, criticize him too much it just was not the right team for him it was not the right fit he was not ready for this and it was just time to move on um yeah, yeah. but yeah i mean it'll be interesting to see what happens with doc here i definitely think there's optimism I, I mean i don't know how you can like it was ugly enough that you're like okay well any type of change could be good you know i don't see this they're gonna win a ton of games i don't see them looking a lot worse than they have looked so far this season you know, just given the talent yeah, level, yeah. like you, you have such a high floor with that talent level. It's not going to look, um, it's not going to look really, really bad all the time or anything. So doc should help again. He should provide some stability, run the pick and roll more and just give this team a higher floor. You're just going to have to then rely on the talent to kind of get you over the top at the end, because I don't trust that doc will be able to do it consistently in the playoffs. And the one thing I, I also want to, um, say is that this team still needs to trade. I don't want this to, you know, I don't want this to be something that happens instead of a trade. You know, I, I think that they still very much need 
a bench defender. You know, their their fifth through ninth guys are really really bad defensively, and the again the, you mentioned it. The starting lineup's been really good. That's one of the reasons I'm still high on this team because their best players are really 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 good. Yeah. I mean the Giannis the Giannis Dame. Chris Brook lineups have a 99th percentile offense, an 88th percentile defense, 99th percentile net rating. Like those lineups have been really good. It's just when the bench comes in, the defense starts to collapse. Things kind of start to unravel and it kind of makes the whole team look bad. But then you look back on it and you're like, well, they were pretty good at, you know, at the start of the game, they, they got out to a decent start. They were pretty good to start the second half. They were pretty good at the end of the game. You know, they were good at the end of the game to close it out. And it's like, well, those are the moments that the starters all played together. You know, that's why they looked good in all those moments. Yeah. Um, yeah. And again, come playoff time, the starters play more. The bench plays a little bit less. The rotation gets shortened, all that stuff. So they they will look better, I think, no matter what. I think they will look better come playoff time because there will be less bench guys playing than there are in the middle of the regular season. Um, What's the trade? Who uh, you know, I know there's been a lot of talks of Pat. Yeah, let's, it, it's tough because it's kind of like it's the you know the campaigns the um you know Pat and then potentially a you know Brooks got thrown out there. I don't think they'll trade Brook. Um, yeah, unless they really I, mean, needed to. I, I was looking at stuff. I was looking at stuff, and again with how good that top four has been on the court together, they're not trading Brook. And when you look at the defensive rating with you know Giannis on without Brook, it's really bad. And when you look at Giannis and Brooke both on the court, it's a lot better. So I'm like, there's no, they're not going to go with Giannis as the full-time center. I don't see them trading Brooke for a different center because I just no. don't know. Like there's no other center that's going to be as good as Brooke in this situation. So I, I just don't, I'm kind of throwing Brooke off the board now um, yeah, as I far agree. as the possibility of being traded. If you had to, if you had to bet, who, what do you, what do you, who do you bet they trade? Um, if you had to pick one or two guys, like you one know, pack. It's it's weird because um, you know, if you asked me like two years ago, I, not that Pat's you know un, untouchable. This has kind of been our you know little joke too with us, you know, because of some people saying stuff and just with him being a Milwaukee guy, but um, or you know, fan favorite I should say, but it feels like that would kind of have to be like him and campaign. I did I like the campaign signing when we got him because you know we kind of needed a backup point guard, but he just proven to be very inconsistent and he still has flashes where I'm like, he could be a solid backup point guard, but um, you know, we just, we, we can live without him. Obviously. Um, I guess it would probably be one of those. And then, you know, you probably have to throw in, I guess, Marjan. I, I'm also somebody who, you know, we've talked about Bobby a lot. I don't, I don't want to trade Bobby, but he's a guy that has consistently gone down in the playoffs and, you know, you can't, you know, there's not a stat for what he brings energy wise. Um, obviously, but, and that's important, you know, but when a guy drops, you know, 10% from three and 8% from the field and his, you know, rebound numbers are up, but his points are down to like nine or 10 a game when he's averaging, you know, 14, 15, it's, it's tough. So it's probably, you know, those four, Bobby, Pat, Cam, um, and Marjan, I guess. I, I don't know. And I don't know who, you know, who you get from that, especially that would help right away. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I mean, I do think Bobby really needs to be at least like they need to be shopping him. They need to be seeing what they can get for him and, and try to upgrade that and try to get a defensive guy. I'll understand it if they keep him, if they're able to trade, you know, just Pat and Mar and uh, Marjan or Pat and, Ca and campaign or campaign and Marjan for like a defensive piece. Now, obviously that wouldn't be some 
amazing, you know, that you wouldn't be getting a, a Caruso or anything for that type of price, but you'd be able to possibly get a, a decent player. And it's like, I can understand if they're saying, you know, we need to keep Bobby. We, we, we want to have that big guy off the bench that we can put in for a little bit um, in the playoffs, you know, have, have a little bit of big depth that and he can score sometimes, you know, and I don't trust it in the playoffs, but he, he has some, you know, he has scoring ability. So I can understand it if they want to keep him. I've never, you know, again, I've I've been saying it for a long time now that I, I've been one of the trade Bobby people and at least be be trying to see what you can get. At the very least, I think they need to be in a position where they can play Bobby less in the playoffs and they cannot have to play him as like their sixth man. Cause I just I don't see him surviving, you know, 20 minutes a game in the playoffs. I just don't see it. Um playoff teams will find a way to just, you know, completely um, obliterate him on defense and his offense just has not proven to be reliable usually in the playoffs. So um, if I had to bet on who they trade, I have a feeling Marjan's gone. And I mean, I know the rumors were saying Pat and campaign were the two guys like that. That would be kind of the package deal. I don't know. Again, I can't trust that they're going to trade Pat either. Like I, I would guess Pat and Bobby probably stay. Do we have just first to trade? We don't have any first, but we do have the Portland second this year, so that'd be an early second, and then our 2027 second. Somebody um, said DFS, and I know, um, yeah, I know people are just kind of throwing out some names, so it's good names to throw out, but I know supposedly they're asking for two first-round picks, so we don't have anything close unless they would take two second-rounders, and how much Brown we can't get. Um. And so my, I mean, I know they have, um, like they can do a three team trade to try to get some, some picks to another team, but it, it just becomes kind of hard because so someone, I mean, someone says Pat has some value. Like, I think Pat has a little bit of value. I think Bobby has a lot more and I think Bobby, you can get, I don't, I don't know if I see them trading Pat alone for someone that I know Pat's not giving them much, but, but he does provide a little bit of reliability in the playoffs because he has been good in the playoffs he has played with those guys for many years like i don't know i don't want to i wouldn't trade pat for someone that's equally as good as pat because that you know that or, or just slightly better because that's to me then a lateral move when you factor in pat's chemistry with these guys and his his ability in the playoffs to, to hit shots he's hit a lot of shots in the playoffs i still be trying to trade pat i'd be looking to see what you can get for him i just when i look at it i'm like man I think you could get someone for Bobby that is pretty significantly better in the playoffs than Bobby. Like he actually um, can, can play 20, 25 minutes a game. Good defender can survive on that end easily. You know, I, I just see you getting a little bit more bang for your buck. If you trade Bobby, um, I, I just think, yeah, I think it's going to be Marjan and campaign are probably going to be the two that I'm, I'm focused on. Cause I, I don't know. Again, it's hard for me to, to, to believe they'll actually move on from Pat or Bobby because those guys have been such an integral part of this, you know, window here. And so I don't know. I, I think they'll be hesitant to get rid of those guys. And you might just make a really small move, you know, Marjan in two seconds for Quentin Grimes or campaign <laughs> for campaign for Chris Dunn, something like that. Um, I guess Thibel, they said, you know, he has a no trade clause. And I guess he doesn't like Doc Rivers, so he might veto a trade to Milwaukee if it happens now. I saw somebody throw that in there. Yeah. I, I got two trades to throw you away. Tell me what you think. I'm not saying I would or wouldn't do these. They just came to mind. Um, Thibel, 
for Pat straight up. Yeah. Yeah, you do that pretty easily. I know I know Diable's great defender, and that's you know more so what we need. He's turned into a little bit better of a three-point shooter. We're just curious because of, you know, like you said, Pat's got that chemistry he's built. Yeah. But you to don't me, really to me, care about fan favorite, but you know, he's one of those guys. Yeah, to me, um, like Thibault's that much better than Pat on the defensive end that I'm like, yeah. yes, that's yeah. worth it. I'm I'll I'll throw chemistry out the window and I'll just say no, that guy is so much better defensively that I would do it. Um, but yeah. Okay, that's I got cool. another one. Jose Alvarado and Herb Jones. <laughs> You're not an Alvarado guy. I love Herb Jones. I love Herb Jones for Bobby, Pat, and both seconds. Yeah, dude, easily. You not would do that still? Absolutely. No, I I think I agree because I I think it takes literally just that much. You to, could take Marjan to too, dude. Take Marjan. I don't care. <laughs> dude, and the for Herb that... Jones, dude, Herb Jones is incredible. Herb Jones would be. I would do backflips if we got Herb Jones. No, he's. I totally agree. He's an outstanding defender. He's one of those guys that just doesn't get talked about enough because he doesn't get the minutes and he's, you know, overshadowed on the Pelicans, whatever. But, um, you know, you're trading two guys that have been around and are have been really solid. John Jenkins on the block. <laughs> so, no, I mean, I, I agree. I love Alvarado. He's another little scrappy defender that, you know, he'd be an upgrade from campaign, um, you know, and then you're getting Herb Jones, who's a, you know, honestly should be or could be a, you know, NBA, uh, all NBA first team defender. Um, so to me, yeah, to me, I, I don't see like the three that I'm like, those are dream scenarios that I just don't see being realistic or like, I don't expect this to happen. They, they could maybe horse works to magic. I didn't see Dame as being realistic either. So the three that I think are dream scenarios are Caruso, Herb Jones and Bruce Brown. Um, those are the three you could maybe throw like, Finney Smith, maybe, but I've kind of been out on Finney Smith a little bit. Like he hasn't been as impressive to me this <laughs> season. So I was very in on him earlier in the year. I still like him. I'd be happy if they got him, but I don't know. Um, they also could get like a Roy. I, I, I could see Pat in seconds for Royce O'Neal. Um, that could be another one. So, um, but, but those three, those three guys that I mentioned were like, I think are a little unrealistic. The realistic ones I like are Grimes, Thibel, who I'm not sure if that's realistic anymore. I really like Chris Dunn. Um, I think I think those were mainly the guys that that I like, and then Royce O'Neal and and Finney Smith. But like, that's kind of I I don't really, I don't really see Caruso. Like, where they're not getting Caruso, you'd have to bring in a third team. And either way, I just don't see it happening. I don't. I, they're going to ask too much for him if they trade him. Yeah, and, there's a lot of teams that so, would give up more. Yeah, those ones I just I and same with again Bruce Brown. I don't see us having the type of assets to get him. Um, and who was the other one? I, I just mentioned Bruce, Bruce Brown and you say, were you talking O'Neal, Grimes, Herb Jones? Oh, Herb Jones was the one I like Herb Jones. Maybe I, I don't know how horse would pull it off, but that would, again, I would do backflips, dude. I would, the thing. Some, I know someone said, um, they wouldn't trade her for those players, which I, I, if I'm the Pelicans, I wouldn't either. But if, you know, if you're talking from our perspective, Hey, look, you get Bobby who, you know, they know the energy he brings. He's a big, he's a, you know, he's tough down low. He can shoot the ball. You get Pat, who's kind of been a proven somewhat playoff guy that can play 15, 20 minutes. So maybe they value that. And if you get a third team in there, maybe they get a pick or something back. Like, yeah, Pat, does, Pat can shoot. I mean, and even, even is even when he's, he's hasn't been great for us this year, but like 
he's shooting the ball pretty well. I think he's around 40%. Even lately, he's been better than that, I think, um, mm-hmm. in, the, in the last few games. Like, Pat can shoot. I mean, let's not, I don't, I'm not going to act like Pat has no value. I just, he's someone that I'm like, I don't know. I don't know if other teams will value him much more than we would value him in the playoffs, yeah. you know? Yeah. Whereas, again, I don't think we have much value for Bobby. I don't think Bobby has much value for us in the playoffs. I really don't. Um, I could be wrong on that, but I, I don't see it. And I'm like, you could get someone to me that has a lot more playoff value than Bobby. Um, some people, people mentioned, uh, DeJounte Murray. It's just a guy where I, it's another thing where maybe if they got like a third team involved, but I, I also just, um, iffy on that fit. Um, I know it's very, it's very interesting, but I don't know if I like it or not. Are you there? I, I don't know how, I don't know enough about how good he is off ball. He's so yeah, he he's a he's a solid shooter. Like I think I think ah and catch and shoot and pull ups, he's around 38, 39%. Like he's a pretty good shooter. Um, but I just it it's one where like if that happened, if if all of a sudden we got a notification that they got DeJounte Murray, I'd be like intrigued, like okay, you know, but I'd also not be like, This is the missing piece, this is everything we need. It would be like I, I want to wait and see. But it would be like intriguing to have another scorer and, and a young guy that the 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 thing I'd like most about DeJounte Murray is his fit with Giannis's timeline. You know, because yeah. then at some point, if you're like, we got to move on from Chris, you've got that score that you can, you know, rely on going, you know, uh after Chris is gone, you've got a guy that you can rely on for a few years as a you know, 20-ish point per game score. That would be my favorite thing about the DeJounte deal. I just don't know, like. On this current team, I don't know how great he fits. I don't completely buy into the defense. Um, it was good earlier in his career, but I'm not. I'm just not totally sure if he's he's a very good defender. Um, and the the other thing is, there's only one ball. You know, I just that would give you Dame, Giannis, Chris, and Dejounte Murray that are all guys that you know want the ball in their hands. Um, and again, it just it could it could end up not being anything that helps you too much. So. Those are our our thoughts on the Bucks right now. And now, before we head out of here, we are gonna do some NBA power rankings. Dun, dun, dun. Okay, <laughs> so I'm gonna pull this up on on the screen here, and we will get started. Give me your first or tenth, I guess. Tenth team, yeah. We're, we're doing top ten. Can I do a two way tie for ten? <laughs> no, I'll uh, do an I'll do I'll do an honorable mention. Um, my honorable mention is the Cleveland Cavaliers because of how they've been playing. Um, but I, I just don't fully see it as a top ten teams with these other teams. Um, they have been hot. Yeah, but they have. Um, but, last night, not so hot because we killed yeah. them. Uh, number ten for me, I got the Pelicans. I like their overall play. I know they haven't been great. They're very inconsistent. Um, but I love their roster. They're one of those teams that just have you know possibly one too many guys. So, and this is our yeah. resto. They're gonna need to. Uh, they're gonna need to do some consolidating. I think, you know, that's why they're looking to move Herb Jones. Is like they're just like we have so many guys that are just like good players, but you can't really make room for all of them. Um, they have been. They've been really good lately. They're second in net rating over the last fifteen games, and they are pretty balanced. Like I think they're kind of good on both sides. It'll. It'll. You know, obviously, it's gonna come down to to Zion, how good he looks, how healthy he is. That will determine their ceiling, but just. I mean, overall, they've been very solid. They've been, you know, I wouldn't even say surprise. I think this is about where they, where I think this is a pretty realistic spot to to expect them to be. But um, it's been it's been nice to see them have a have a nice little run here and be one of the better teams over 
you know, the last month ish. My number 10 is a team that is kind of moving up people's power rankings is the Phoenix Suns starting to, you know, they've gotten a few games with their big three together, starting to look a little bit better. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I think that you're starting to see what that big three could look like. And they're now eight and two in their last 10 games, sixth in net rating over the last 15 games. So, you know, it's definitely things are moving up for them. I think that they're starting to to click a little bit. And uh, so I have moved them into my top 10. Whereas if we did this two weeks ago, I'd probably have them 15. Mm-hmm. Um, number nine for me, team we were talking about a little before uh, we started this podcast is the New York Knicks. Um, I did like that trade for them. I still feel like they're, you know, probably a, a guy or two short on the bench. They don't scare me a ton. And I think Julius Randle brings them down a couple notches as a team, but they're still a very solid team um, that can beat pretty much any team on any night. You know, um, I know you got a couple stats on them with the uh, good teams versus bad teams, but. Yeah, I also have them nine. I think that's a pretty good spot to have them. They've I mean, again, they've been playing really well. I like that trade for them to get OG on Anobi. But yeah, they do they do feel like a team that's they're clearly better than you know the bottom half of the league. And I just don't know that they're they're on the level of the elite teams. Like I just don't see them on that level. They're they're just like that kind of third tier of teams that you're like, I'm not picking them to win much, but I, I think they could, you know, give a team a scare. And I and I think they're a lot better than the teams that are near the play in, you know, I think that they could, they, they should be able to handle those type of teams. They are eight and seven against teams above 500 and 20 and Oh, against teams below 500, which is pretty remarkable. Like, again, I think they're a team that's just like, they've got so many, they've got so many good players that it's, it's, they're just, they're always going to be better than those, than those bottom feeding teams and those bottom half teams. But I just, I don't think they have the stars that Brenson's really good, but like, you know, your top three does not, um, compete with the top three of a lot of these teams, you know, yeah. at the top of, at the top of these, uh, standings. So, um, still, I think they're a good team. I think that it's a pretty exciting, um, little stretch here for them. And I like OG Ananobi. So we both have them nine. And then I'll just say, I have the Pelicans eight who you had 10. I, I have them eight because of how good they've looked over the last 15 ish games. So I get, uh, I get. who is your eight? Uh, my, Eight is the Phoenix Suns. I want to ask real quick. Do you have an opinion on Dyson Daniels? I haven't watched him enough this year. I have him on my fantasy team, so I like him. And I've, I liked him during the draft. Yeah. He's, I knew. I know he's shown some flashes. Has he been playing a lot? Uh, he. I mean, he's – I know they've, you know, been kind of injury – you know, had the injury bug. They have so many freaking guys. He's just another one of those guys where it's like, I think that's why they look to trade a guy like Curb Jones because it's like, hey, we got Daniels who we could release – you know, he's a really good playmaker. I was just curious because I'm a big Dyson Daniels fan. He's been up and down with his minutes. He's probably around 18, 20 minutes a game, but there's nights where he plays probably 10 to 12. So I just want to ask. Um, but yeah, guy, guy to keep your eye on if, you, if you're if you watching Pelicans basketball. Um, yeah, Suns at eight, kind of like you said, I have them a little higher just because their bench, you know, obviously don't have much going for them on the bench, but um you know, when they have Beal healthy, Booker healthy, Durant healthy, they've started to look a lot better. Um, yeah, their bench and their, and their defense is the two things that they've got to kind of figure yeah. out. Yeah, and I, I think some of that will come, um, obviously, as they continue to play together. Katie's looked awesome. Booker's really turned into a better playmaker and kind of more of a point guard. I think he's at almost like eight assists a game. 
Um, so it's just one of those teams where you don't want to have to play them, you know, seven games because they can easily take you down with how the NBA is nowadays in the offense. Grayson's shooting has been really, really good too. He's yeah. at like 48, 49%. Um, I'm like, I am very happy we got Malik Beasley because if we didn't get Malik Beasley to replace him, um, people would be all up in arms about, like, I mean, it, it, our shooting would probably be quite a bit worse and it would, people would be talking about, should we have gotten rid of Grayson or, uh, you know, was it a mistake to get rid of Grace now? And it's like, we're fine. We got Malik Beasley. He's been basically just as good um, yeah. as at shooting the ball. And again, I, I like Beasley more for the playoffs because he's a little bit more of a, a dynamic shooter. He's not someone who, you know, needs a, a ton of time and, you know, needs it off the catch and, and in the right spots. And it's like, I feel like Beasley can kind of just get his shot off easier. I think he can a little bit better on the drive. Um, and, you know, I, I, neither one of them is a very good defender. I think they both give effort. Um, but I don't know. I just, I'm not, I'm not mad about giving up grace. And I just, it's, it's interesting to see him, you know, how, how good he's been shooting. Yeah. So my number seven is this is, this might be low. I don't know. You might get mad at me for this. The Timberwolves. <laughs> no, I'm not mad. Because look, I've had a gripe with how people have talked about the Bucks versus the Timberwolves this year because I feel like most people are like, you know, the Timberwolves are, are might be legit contenders and, and that defense is amazing and all that. And with the Bucks, it's all, yeah, the Bucks aren't contenders. Their defense sucks. The Bucks are 20th on defense. The Timberwolves are, I think, 19th right now on offense. And it's like everyone has this. The Bucks are are 20th in defense, so they can't. They're not contenders. They can't win the title. And yet the Timberwolves are t basically 20th on offense, and nobody really talks about them. Not they can't win the title because they're offense. It's just I find that interesting. And for me, if you're gonna be really good at one of these two things in the in the NBA in 2024. I'd rather have the good offense that I know I can keep up with any team. I know I can, you know, even if we're not getting stops, like our offense will keep us in games. I don't trust that your defense will consistently be able to stop offenses in this league, you know, with the way officiating is, with the way, um, you know, offenses work now. I just, and, and just teams getting red hot from three. I don't, and I just haven't been impressed with, with them very much lately. Like I don't, tonight they barely beat the nets and their offense is struggling to hit 95 points. And it's just like, it just looks clunky on offense. I think that they might need to try to trade for some offense. Um, they're, they're I mean, their defense is awesome. No doubt. And I really like, you know, the Edwards McDaniels Gobert. Like I love that defense. I love It's really yeah. nice, but there's still just stuff that I'm like, I don't, I'm not going to buy in them completely. I think that, their offense is holding them back the way the Bucks defense is holding us back. We saw it the other night with Anthony Townsend's big night. You know, uh, Bill Simmons was talking about it on his pod where it's just like it feels so different. It, you know, some of it feels forced. Edwards was totally taken out of that game. Um, well, I mean, are we gonna, like, does anyone want to talk about how Edwards is like the least efficient mid range, high, high volume mid range shooter in the league? Like, he has not been good on mid range shots. Like, he's, I, I, Look, I'm not even trying to be a hater because I love Anthony Edwards. Like, I just feel like he's this young guy that everyone's, you know, he's the next thing, he's the next thing. And it's like, well, let's make sure that he's, you know, playing consistently well on every night before we anoint him like the next big thing. Um, yeah, I mean, he's yeah. a very good player, but it's just he has plenty of nights too where it's like six points, nine points, nine points, 12 points. And it, there, I mean, again, I'm, I don't mind it if if Cat's going off for 62. If you only have 10 points, that's a different thing. But um, 
I just feel like that there's he still could take a little bit of a step. He's still not uber consistent, and the mid range shot has not been very good for him. Like it's just not efficient. So I don't know. Yeah, it felt like they had more of an identity to start the season. It feels like they've started to lose that a little bit. Um, but I have them at seven as well. Second, okay. second one we have the same, and I think obviously we're gonna have the same top ten team. So that's good. We both know ball. Who is your six? Um, coming in at six, I have the Philadelphia 76ers. This is a team, again, maybe a little low, but I just, I mean, obviously I'm going to have us above them and one other team that might be surprising that I just, I like more than the Sixers. I'm, I feel bad doing this, but it's this is just based on right now how these teams are playing you know it, just looking at their body of work so far and you know taking into account also like how they're playing lately but just right now like if i'm picking teams in a playoff series um i have the bucks below the sixers now I, i'm not saying i'd pick the sixers over the bucks but just with the way the bucks have been looking it's you know they don't look great right now i'm trying not to be biased i'm trying to be realistic about the bucks um, as of right now, I, I don't think I'll put him in the top five and Philly as flawed as I think they are, you know, and I, I'm, I'm, I come playoff time. I think the bucks will be ready to beat them and, and will beat them. Um, but they are, th- you know, they're third in the net or in net rating. Um, they're a pretty balanced team. They've been good on both ends and beat is having a ridiculous season. Max, he's having a really good season. I just think they've been more consistent than the Bucks. I think that they've just looked better on on you know the defensive side and been more balanced than the Bucks. So I'm putting them above them. I think they've earned the ability to be above the Bucks right now. Now again, that doesn't mean that they'll be there at the end of the year, but as of right now, I'll put them above them. Um, a couple things with them, they are kind of that again, similar to as I said with the Knicks. I mean, they're 20 and three against teams below 500 and only nine and 11 against teams above 500. And I don't know how many of those were with or without Embiid, but still, it mm-hmm. doesn't seem like they're, it seems like a lot of the domination they've done and a reason that they're so high in the net rating and they've had so many blowout wins. They're doing it against, like, they seem to dominate the bad teams and then not quite be able to beat the good teams. And so um, that's something to keep an eye on. You know, they've had a couple good wins, like they beat Minnesota, um, but it's just like, I'm not totally sold on them as this bona fide contender um, when, until they start, you know, really playing better against the good teams. So I do have them at six. Is five the Bucks for you? Yes, it is. Yeah, and one more thing on the Sixers is it—it it just feels like you know their one, you know, their one trade that they kind of need feels like it's more of like a a bigger need for them. You know, they kind of need another score, like a lot of people talk about, whereas we, you know, looking more for a defender. So I guess it I guess it depends what you think is more important, but it just feels like their needs are a little bit uh stronger, even though yes, they've probably been a little more consistent. I just, if if you put us against them right now in a series, now obviously we just had a, a coaching change, so it's a little different, but I just I still trust our guys, surprisingly. Yeah. I maybe I should put them. Maybe but I should it, put them. It's, it's a toss up. I mean, like you said, Never. I think Again. they've earned it. Yeah, I was gonna say I'll I'll still leave the Sixers at um I forgot to put it in here, but I'll I'll still leave the Sixers at five because again I think they they have earned it. We have not earned it. Like I'll I'll give them uh, you know that spot. I do think yeah, as you said, they need another score because they Embiid's usage rate is ridiculously high, and 
Like that's good. Like he's, you know, I'm not saying that it's wrong to give Embiid the ball a lot, but that usually doesn't win you the last game of the year. That usually isn't, isn't going to be the thing that wins you in the long run is just relying on him doing everything for you and um, everything going through him. So I think they need another score. If they just have Embiid and Maxi as their main scorers, I know Tobias can have games here and there, but if they just have Embiid and Maxi as their main scorers, I think they're definitely, you know, beatable because it just seems like if you can take away Embiid a little bit, as I think the Bucs could, the Bucs have two guys that I think can can defend Embiid pretty well. If you can limit him, you know, I think you'd be able to outscore that team. I think that um, they don't have enough firepower outside of him to to make up for it. So, yeah. That's what, I mean, again, that's what's so nice about having Dame now is like you have Dame, you have Chris. That is like if if you're able to limit Giannis, you've got another guy in, in Dame that, um, you know, we, we've seen him average 30 in this league. You've seen Chris average 22 in this league. So that's one of the advantages the Bucs have. But I'll move on to my number four is the Denver Nuggets. Really? Yes. Is that, why is that surprising? Wow, that's that's dude. They, I honestly could have put them lower because they really have not. I think people. I mean, we're putting them this high just based on they're the Nuggets. They won the finals. You know, who they don't really care about the regular season. But like, I mean, if we're trying to rank teams based on like how they're looking and like taking into account how they've looked lately and blah blah blah, like they have to be a little bit lower because, I mean, they they got blown out by thirty tonight. Um they are who they played and I, I didn't even see the Knicks. The Knicks. They they are another team where 19 and 3 against below 500 teams and 12 and 12 against above 500 teams. And they're just eighth in net rating, you know, barely above the Bucks. Like, I don't know. They they also have not been very impressive. And again, I know it's it's the easy thing to just chalk it up to well, they're not trying as hard, they don't care. And I do believe that that's somewhat the case. I think they'll be better in the playoffs. But and Jamal Murray missed some time, yada yada. I'm just I'm not gonna put them above any of the three teams that I have above them right now because those teams are just playing a lot better. So yeah. I guess I shouldn't make that much of a thing because I don't have them much different. I'll say that. Um I have a team I absolutely love at four though, the Oklahoma City Thunder. I did give the Nuggets the nod um because of the stuff you said. But like you said, I I guess, you know, I haven't watched them enough either. Um, I know they haven't been as great or as consistent, but I still kind of trust them, but that's something to watch. Man, I love watching the Thunder play. Um, you know, if you would have asked people two years if you thought they'd be a top five team right now, a lot would say no, even though I think we kind of liked, you know, what they're building, their draft picks and whatnot, but they look like a really good freaking team. Yeah, they are and I have them. I have them third right now. And yeah, I mean, they're really good on both ends. Obviously, Shea is amazing. They've got a good, they've got, I mean, everything except for, I think they just need another big. Um, that's kind of their their struggle right now. But like, yeah, they've they've done it against good teams. They've kind of just proven that like they are, they are legit. Like this is not just some young, fun team that's like pretty good. Like kind of like the Pacers are right now where you're like, yeah, they're good. They're fun. But like in the Kings last year, um, but you're like, I don't trust them to win playoff series. Like I, this team can win playoff series. This team could possibly make the finals like legitimately. So, um, yeah, they've been, they've been awesome to, to see them, you know, grow and all of a sudden become this contender. And so I have them at three and my, or yeah, now, um, give me your number three. My third was a nugget. So I, I wasn't 
trying to overreact, but I definitely thought you had them at um, two or maybe three. Yeah. So no, I, again, just I just think the Thunder and you know I, I'm guessing we both have the same number two, the Clippers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like those two teams just have been playing a lot better to me consistently. That I'm like, um, you know, not not that I would believe in those teams more than the, the Nuggets come playoff time. But they've been playing that much better that I'll give them the nod right now. It's kind of like that Buck Sixers thing where I just they they've earned that spot. So yeah, Clippers are you know they've been on a tear. They've been really good basically since um, you know Harden came and and they had that little skid, but then they turned it on and they've been they've been arguably the best team in the league since then. So they um, you know I, I'm, I've been very impressed with them. It'll be interesting to see how it all works, you know, and how it, how it continues to the playoffs. Cause we know how hard it is in the playoffs. We don't know how that all, you know, come together, but for right now it's working really well. Yeah. Diddle for all the, all the things you've said, and it just feels like they've, they're just, you know, really clicking. They just have the pieces. I was, you know, watching their game the other night. It just feels like they just move the ball so well. Um, and they're doing enough where it's like, everyone's kind of giving up a little piece, you know, of when they say like, Oh, you got the big three, someone's got to give something up. It almost feels like everybody's just giving up like a small step, but everybody's still thriving within the offense. So it's a tough team and you know, they got a lot of length on defense. So it's, they're going to be a very tough team to beat. Yep. And so then we both have the same number one, the Sacramento King. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, (laughs) The Celtics are number one right now, you know, as much as we hate them, um, I think, you know, you got to put them number one. They've got the best record by a decent margin. And, um, you know, they're just a really, really good team on both ends. Number two offense right now, number two defense right now. And, um, you know, they, they've the, – the only big issue you have with them, I guess there's a couple. Like the bench isn't great, kind of like the Bucks, where they're they're top heavy. They're they're good for their starting five. And then once the bench comes in, it kind of falls off. But I don't th- I don't see that as a huge problem for the playoffs. You only need to play seven guys in the playoffs. Um, mm-hmm. and then the, the late game offense, you know, they are a team that relies quite a bit on, you know, I feel like threes and, and it's like, the, they're not a great, they're not always a great mid range and like isolation type of team. Um, they can, you know, Tatum and Brown can do that sometimes, but just not consistently. And it feels like when the, the game slows down and it gets to the last five minutes and, it's a close game and you need some, some buckets. There's, there's not always a great direction for them and it's Tatum and Brown settling for jumpers or Porzingis taking jumpers. And I don't know. I feel like they're not as, they're not able to get to the rim as much. So it just doesn't feel like they have a reliable, um, you know, playoff late game type of offense. I don't trust Missoula. So they, they definitely have their flaws. Like I don't, there's, there are some clear areas where you could beat this team, but as far as just, you know, who's playing the best, how they've looked like this team right now should be the favorite um, with how good they look. Yeah. And if there's one other thing to add is that I know you agree on, it's just their bench. Like obviously they got, you know, the best starting five when they're all healthy, but if you can kind of contain that starting five and you get, you know, to their bench, it's like Peyton Pritchard, who's undersized Al Horford, who's getting pretty old, you know, very old in terms of NBA. Sam Hauser, who's like, you know, he shot the ball very well, but he's not a guy that's going to kill you, you know, unless he's, you know, you're just letting him chuck up a bunch of threes. He's sitting his shots, um, you know, and then they got the Luke Cornets of the world, stuff like that. I mean, I don't even know then who kind of fills out their nine tenths, but um, 
so the, like you said, they got their flaws like every team, but and they've looked really crisp and their their starters are great. Um, but it, you know, yeah, if you can contain those guys and and let them chuck up those threes and just hope that you know they don't fall, you know, at the percentages that they have been for them, then you're going to be looking good. Yeah, and and as far as a Bucks Celtics type of matchup, like I firmly believe that our top four is better than their top four. You know, Giannis, Dame, Chris, and Brooke, I think is better than their top four. But it's the fifth through like seventh that I just they they are definitely better there, and um, they're you know their number five is definitely better than our number five. I think that. Um, the, you know, the start of their bench is better than the start of our bench, or at least for a playoff series, it is. I think that, you know, again, we have no defense off the bench. So it's like, if you can, if you can bridge that gap and, and close that gap a little bit, um, in from that fifth suit through seventh spots with a trade, then I think, you know, you've got a decent chance to beat this team because, um, if it can improve, improve the defense a little bit and you can kind of match their starting five with your starting five or possibly be even better, um, that helps. And, you know, having the best player in the series by a decent margin, I think helps too. You know, I, yeah. one of the reasons, and, and I'm not saying Tate, like Tatum's a very good player, but one of the reasons I believe the Bucks can beat that team in a playoff series is because Tatum is their best player. Like he's not the type of superstar as good as he is. He's not the type of superstar, like a Giannis, like a Jokic. Um, he's just not that guy. So um, I think he's very good. I think he can have big games, but you just, you trust Giannis a lot more than a guy like that. And I think that sometimes the, when in a series that close, it comes down to who has the best player. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So that is our bucks NBA or our, our NBA power rankings and our, and our bucks talk. So we'll have plenty of more stuff to talk about as we near the trade deadline, we can talk about more trades um, and, and stuff as that approaches and how the bucks look in their first few games with doc rivers. Not sure if he'll be coaching tomorrow. Um, What's your guess? I would, they haven't announced it yet. I, I think, you know what? I'm going to guess that they announce it tomorrow and he's coaching tomorrow. I don't know. I just have a feeling. I It feels like he will. Obviously, they're not going to have pretty much probably like anything in place. He's going to rely on the assistance a lot. Um, yeah. But it, it feels like that. It was also weird because it came out kind of the night before, but it wasn't official. So like it was less time. Um, but shout out to Joe Pronti for getting us that big dub against the Cavs. Um, he, Pronti, is a, I mean, he's a coach of the year candidate. I feel like he has to be. He has not trailed this season. No, he hasn't. He's <laughs> he's been a he's been a great coach for the Bucks when he's been around, and he's a great. He's just a good guy. Great guys. I think a lot of people saw in the in the post game. He's a really nice and genuine guy. So I was glad that you know when he gets his slight chance like that. Um, and you could tell he was vocal with the guys, and I think guys you know feed off that type of thing. So it was it was cool to see. He was cussing out the ref at one point. I don't know if you ended up seeing that. He was cussing out the ref, and uh, they showed it on TV. And it was so funny. Everyone's everyone was like laughing at it on Twitter. But yeah, I agree. He he brings some good vibes, and um, you know, again, I'm I'm excited to see how they look with Doc. I don't expect them to be completely changed in one game with Doc. You know, it's going to take some time. So yeah. I'm you know looking forward to that. And yeah, as I said, we're going to have a lot of Buck stuff to talk about as this season ramps up and we get to the second half. And so we will have some more episodes out for you guys, but thank you for tuning in as always. And um, yeah, go Bucks. <laughs>